Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be here at First Baptist of the Islands. And as I said at the 9 a.m. service, my brother from another mother, <laughs> Brooks Kale, uh, Dickie Best. Don't raise your hand. I'm embarrassed to tell people I know Dickie Best. <laughs> but no, Dickie Best is a good friend of mine. I've been knowing Dickie probably about over 20-something years. And this all was birthed out of last year. The Lord laid a great burden on my heart for unity in the body of Christ. There was a lot of racial tension in our nation. And I think and I believe that the church is the change agent for the world. And since we're going to hang out for all eternity, we might as well hang out now. <laughs> Am I right? So God placed that burden on my heart, and I began to pray and say, Lord, at Beulah, we don't want to just talk about this. We want to demonstrate it. And God blessed me to be able to reach out to Brooks. Brooks' heart was open, and he came. And I'm telling you, Brooks, no lifting you up, but the people love you each time you come, Susie, um, that you come and share the word, and he'll be back again and again because we want to keep this Fellowship with Beulah and First Baptist of the Islands going, isn't Jesus great? Amen. And my wife of 22 years, Terrain, and you right, Brooks, we forgot about our only baby, Miss Charisma, who is out in Las Vegas. I don't know if she's serving or partying, but we keep her lifted up in prayer out there in Babylon. Amen. Amen. But um, we are grateful to be here. We are thankful. So many friends, Chad and those that we know of First Baptist of the Islands. And I believe God wants to share a very familiar word that we know, but a very right now word. And, and this is my opinion. I believe complaining has become contagious. If it rains three days, Lord, why is it raining so much? Then if God allow it to be hot for three days, oh, this stuff. And, and, and if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we'll find ourselves being whiners and complainers instead of having a grateful heart. How many know Jesus is good? Amen. He's a good Lord and he's a good Savior. And we have to learn to be appreciative of the things that he does for us. So find Luke's gospel from the New King James Version I'll be reading. Luke's gospel, chapter 17. Now, I had several of my members here. I had my amen corner at the nine service. So, Terrain and I and Vet, I guess we're on our own right now. <laughs> I often say, you know, uh, let me go in and just clear the room. See, in the chocolate church, let me tell you what happens in the chocolate church. <laughs> See, when you're saying amen, it makes me think I'm doing good. And when you're quiet, you make me think I'm not. So, that's why I have to keep you longer. <laughs> hint, hint. Now, how long we stay here is up to you. <laughs> I mean, in the chocolate church, they, amen, 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 amen. They want me to get through real fast. Here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, starting at verse 11, our text here, as I said, very familiar text, but I believe this is a right now word for all of us. Starting at verse 11, now it happened... As he went to Jerusalem, speaking of Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men 
who were lepers. We're going to get a little more into that. Who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. These lepers are in a desperate situation, but they take the time to cry out to Jesus. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet. This man prostrates himself at the feet of Jesus. This is real worship. Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Tuck that away in your mind. And he, this man that Luke clearly separates, he identifies and he says he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well or whole. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this glorious morning at First Baptist of the Islands. Thank you for the fellowship and the connection between Brooks and myself, but most importantly, the body of Christ. Lord, what you have intended from the very beginning, all ethnicities coming together, united by the Lamb of God. Fathers, I often say as I speak, it won't be the donkey or the elephant that changes America, change America. It's the lamb that will. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Have your way now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we've read our text, this is a very familiar text here about the ten lepers, but I want to just kind of turn it in another direction. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, the same book, Luke writes about the story about the good Samaritan. He writes a story about the man who got beat down. He got carjacked. He got robbed. And there was this one individual who took time to show him a good deed, a kind act, in helping him in his situation. The question was asked to Jesus in Luke 10, who is my neighbor? I want to remind us that our neighbor is not so much the person that's nice to us or the person that's near to us, but the person that needs us. Okay. Our neighbor is not so much the person that's nice to us. Hey, y'all catch on fast. It's not the person that's so much near to us, but our neighbor is the person that needs us. So here is this man that has been beat down, and this man said, you know what? I'm going to show a good deed unto the stranger. But now here in Luke 17, it's not a man that did a good deed. This is a story about a man who received a good deed. This man who had leprosy, 
like nine other men. But the unique thing about this man, once he was healed by Jesus, he took time to turn around and tell the Lord, thank you. I believe that we, as believers, the community, the body of Christ, we have taken on the attitude of the world with too much complaining, whining, rather than being grateful. As I look at my life, I realize I'm only here today because of the grace of God. I'm only standing on this platform with this microphone in my hand because of the mercy of God. I'm only here today because of the unconditional love of God, and that's why I can be grateful. Is there anybody else in here that can testify that God is a gracious God? And we need to find a way to be grateful to Jesus. Listen, every day may not be a good day, but I promise you there is something good in every day. Every day may not be a good day. <laughs> You're making me feel right at home. <laughs> but there is something good in every day. What's good about today? He woke you up. Do you know the hearse was called to somebody's home last night? But Jesus favored us to be here at First Baptist of the Island. Do you know an ambulance was called to somebody's home last night and they laying in an ICU room? Listen, I would rather be here in this church than the finest hospital in the land. Can I get a witness? And because of that, we need to be grateful. This Samaritan, Brooks, this Samaritan has received a gracious and kind act by Jesus Christ. And he simply says these words, thank you. Is that too much to ask? He's redeemed us. He's bought us with a precious price of his blood. He went to an old rugged cross, paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. And instead of grumbling and complaining all the time, can we just say, Lord, I'm thankful that if you don't do anything else for me, you give me a right to the tree of life and I can spend eternity with you. Isn't that a great thing? I think about the children of Israel as they were brought out of Egypt. If God had never fed them with manna, if God had never given them water out of a rock, he'd done enough. He delivered them from bondage. And if God, yes, he's a faithful God. Yes, he's a promising, keeping God. But if he doesn't do another thing for us, he's given us a right to spend eternity with him. And we got to learn to be grateful like this Samaritan. There was a time in the book of Numbers that God showed how much he dislikes grumbling. He dislikes murmuring. There was a time that God sent out some serpents. And God had to have some people bitten who murmured, questioned First Baptist. If God unleashed some serpents in here this morning, which one of us would not be bitten? Selah, think on that. All of us would be bitten because we murmur, complain, why too much instead of us learning to be grateful?
as we're going to unpack this text. Paul wrote to his young mentee, Timothy, and Paul began to tell him, you know, there are going to be some signs of the last days. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. But one of the things Paul lists there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is there will also come a time when men will learn and have a heart to be unthankful. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to say thank you. There's a story about a woman. She got on a bus. It was crowded. And, and this gentleman, realizing that she didn't have any way to sit, he gets up and gives the lady his seat and she passes out. After they put some smelling salts under her nose, she woke up and she told the gentleman, thank you, he passed out. What's the moral of that story? It's a sad day. It's a sad time in the world when we're shocked. We are shocked when people do kind acts and we're shocked when people say thank you. God help us all to get rid of that spirit of ungratefulness and learn to be grateful to God. Because no matter what is going on in your life right now, brother, sister, and I'm not minimizing what you're going through, it can always be worse. Believe me, it can always be worse. Here in our text, Luke chapter 17, we want to unpack this text, and I believe that Luke, as he deals with this story that Jesus tells, I believe there are five things we need to pull away from this text as we look at the story of these lepers. Here in verse 11 of Luke 17, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Here is these men. Anyone knows anything about the Bible, you know that leprosy was a type of disease that caused you to be an outcast to society. And our first point here, these men were hurting together. They were out there all alone. Only thing they had was one another. But they were hurting together. They had leprosy. They were ostracized. They couldn't come among society anymore, not with this type of disease. And if they did walk upon anyone, they had to proclaim unclean, unclean, unclean. Could you imagine? Could you imagine going through this in life? You're hurting. It was leprosy with them. What are we hurting with this morning? But they were all hurting together. Leprosy is a type of sin. Leprosy was an incurable disease. It was going to take divine intervention in order for them to be healed. How many know sin was incurable and that it was going to take divine intervention for us to be healed as well? And I thank God that 2,000 years ago, oh, there was one who was born of a young virgin. One who took it upon himself to pay a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And he went to old rugged cross. He scratched his arms out wide and he cried out, Eli, 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 Lemon my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because you and I were hurting with sin, Jesus was willing to heal us. Isn't that good news? But these ten men, 
not only they had an incurable disease, they had an infectious disease. They had to stay out there hurting all alone. We don't know the tears. We don't know the nights they cry, knowing that I can't be with my wife. I can't be with my children. I can't be among society. And they were hurting because this was an infectious disease. It could spread. How many know sin is infectious disease? That's why 1 Corinthians 5, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, purge out that leaven from among you. Because sin, because sin left unchecked, it will spread through a congregation. And it will kill that congregation if we don't deal with it. Here are these ten lepers. They're hurting together. Oh, I believe selfishness has just spread too much. We're all about ourselves now. Once upon a time, the church would hurt it together. When you hurt, I hurt. When I hurt, you hurt. These ten men, these ten lepers are hurting together. But now let's see the next thing. Verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of, the, of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices. They could not come up to Jesus close. They had to yell out to Jesus. Yes, they were hurting together. But now my second point, they hollered together. All ten of them. On one accord, like this beautiful, this beautiful choir just now. All ten of them on one accord, they were hurting together. And all ten of them, like, like a, a, a wonderful symphony, they hollered to Jesus together, Lord, have mercy on us. There's power when we learn to cry out to Jesus together. If the church, I love what Adrian Rogers said years ago, the problem with the church, there's too many dry eyes. Amen. We don't hurt the way we're supposed to hurt or the condition of our world anymore. But they hollered together. I want to stop by and tell First Baptist, God still hears the cry of his people. When God showed up to Moses at that burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, God showed up to deliver his people from Pharaoh. But this is what God told Moses. Moses, I need you. To go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go because I've heard the cry of my people. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus will show up in your situation. Show up in our situation. He knows that we are hurting, but are we willing to holler out? Are we willing to let go of our pride and let the Lord know, Lord, I need thee. Oh, Lord, I need thee. These ten lepers heard it together, but now they are hollering together. They have lifted up their voices. And I'm going to deal with that in just a second. <laughs> they lifted up their voices unashamed. Jesus, have mercy on us. That's what Hezekiah did. When Isaiah went to Hezekiah and said, hey, you been to your lawyer lately and got your will together? Because you's a dead man. And Isaiah walked out and left and Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he began to have a little talk with Jesus. How many know it's good to have a little talk with Jesus? Tell him all about your troubles. Amen? Hezekiah began to have a little talk with Jesus. 
And having that talk as he cried out from his heart, God told Isaiah, turn around and go back and tell Isaiah, tell Hezekiah, he got 50 because I've heard his cry. God said, if my people, which are called by my name, not the world, my people, my people, my people. The problem is not so much with the world. What, what is the people of God doing? He said, if my people, which are called by my name, he's simply saying, would you cry out to me? If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, seek my faith, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal the land. God hears the cry of his people. When Peter was locked up in the prison, they didn't call a prayer breakfast. They fasted and they prayed. And while they fasted and prayed and cried out to God, God showed up and he delivered Peter from his situation. Oh, your child may be delivered from that situation. Father, mother, if you would just cry out to God from a sincere heart. Oh, things may change around and turn around in the church. If we could just come together, lay aside our differences and just cry out to Jesus. Lord, we need you. That's what blind Bartimaeus did. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little inside information. It's okay to shout every now and then. Blind Bartimaeus was by the side of the road. He heard the commotion. What's going on? That's Jesus. It is? Jesus! Son of David! Have mercy on me. The elders and the deacons say, shh. Not here at First Baptist. <laughs> no, you want to scream like that, go down the street to the Pentecostals. <laughs> Not up in here. You know what our bylaws state. We do not yell above a whisper. But it's something about when you need help. You don't care what the sadidi or the high-minded. No, no. He cried out louder, Jesus! Am I right? Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, what? Bring him to me. Sometimes you got to get out your little quiet zone and learn to cry out to Jesus. These 10 men were hurting together, but now they are hollering together. But now we see in our text, they also hoped together. My, 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 when the church could begin to hope together, to expect the Lord to be who he says he can be. Here in verse 14, are y'all still with me? I'm not hearing no amens. I need to go a little longer. Here in verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. They were hurting together. They out there with leprosy, outcasts. They see Jesus coming by. They holler together, but now they hope together. You say, well, what do you mean they hope together? They took the Lord at his word. 
They trusted what Jesus said. Understand that for those who know the Bible, they had to be declared ceremonially clean. Cleansed from leprosy. In other words, Jesus didn't violate the word of his father. He wasn't a rebel. He said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And guess what? They hoped together. Yes, they were hurting together. Yes, they hollered together. But now they are hoping together. These ten men who have the same problem, the same condition, who have hollered out, Jesus have mercy on us, and God has mercy on them, they are now hoping together. Brothers and sisters, can we learn or get back to just learning to take the Lord at his word? If I could just see it, that doesn't take faith. That centurion understood something. He said, he sent word to say, you know, tell Jesus I got a sick servant. And Jesus, and he said, Jesus said, I'll come with you. He said, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute. I, I understand this thing. I'm a man in authority. I tell one to go, he comes. And I'm a man under authority. Lord, you don't have to come under my roof. Just speak the word. How many know the word is good enough? The word is all we have, but I thank God the word is all we need. It changed darkness into light. Jesus, the Bible said, God said, let there be, and there was. Hey, they took Jesus at his word. They were hurting together. They hollered together. Here in verse 14, they hoped together. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. So it was. That as they went, they were cleansed. Review class, they were hurting together. They hollered together. They hoped together. But now, guess what? They were healed together. Weren't they healed? So, they're hurting. They've hollered. They've hoped. They begin to walk. And while they're walking, remember now leprosy could affect you in all different type of ways. Your arm could be shriveled up. Your nose could be done fall, coming off. You could be uh, white all over. I mean, you could have different kind of issues. And, and I just imagine, you know, when they're walking, one looked at Jack. He said, Jack, your hand coming back. <laughs> Tom, wow, your skin is... And as they're walking, yes, they had, they had, uh, they were hurting together, they had hollered together, they had hoped together, but now they are healed together. Oh, how many know God is still a healer? <laughs> He's still a healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord, our healer. Amen. And the greatest healing that he's ever performed is on Calvary. He can still heal us from our sin sick disease. Can I get a witness there? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Only thing you got to do right now where you are is cry out from a sincere heart and Jesus will heal you of your sin. These men have heard it. We don't know how long they've been away from their family, how long they've been away from their community, how long they've been away from society. They see hope in Jesus. They have hollered. They trusted the Lord's word. Now they are healed together. I'm coming in from a landing. Let's do a little review. All ten 
herded together, right? All ten hollered together, right? All ten hoped together, right? All ten were, ooh, y'all growing up. But only one took time to honor the Lord. Isn't that a problem? If all ten were herding together, all ten hollered together, all ten hoped together, all ten were healed together, should not all ten went back to honor the Lord together? Let's look at our text here. Verse 15. And one of them, and one of them out of ten, only one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice glorified God. Stop right there. If you yell loud to get your healing, yell loud to tell the Lord, thank you. Yeah. All this, you know, little, thank you. No, 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 no. This man said, if I can lift my big mouth and ask the Lord for something, then I can lift my big mouth and tell the Lord, Thank you. He says this, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet. He wasn't too proud to beg. And he wasn't bashful to tell the Lord, thank you. If you're going to beg for the Lord, just take time to tell him thank you. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So we dealt with the, the good Samaritan, but now this is the grateful Samaritan. This is the grateful Samaritan. This man is grateful. This man is thankful that the Lord has delivered him. The Lord has done for him what no one else could do. Let's just unpack this real quick. Jesus says, wait a minute. Now when I was walking by, was there not nine others with you? Yes, Lord. But you're the only one that took time to tell me thank you? I mean, listen, I, I don't want to beat the nine down too much, but maybe they missed their wife cooking. I, I mean, maybe uh, they haven't been to one of the, the kids' baseball game. I don't know what it is. And I could just imagine that, that one, as they continue to walk, and he looking back at Jesus, and he looking at them, he, you know what? Tuck this away. The same Lord that blessed you with it is the same Lord you need to keep it. Too often the Lord will bless us and then we want to forget to tell the Lord, thank you. You know, that was the whole deal with Abraham and Isaac. God had showed up and gave, gave him that blessing after all those years of a child. 
Now take him on up there and offer him up to me. In other words, let me see if the blessing means more to you now than the blesser. And too often, we really don't receive all that God has for us because we can't handle the little blessing. You've cried out for God to change that child, and Jesus has done it, but did you tell him thank you? You needed that job. Things were falling apart, and Jesus showed up and gave it to you. Did you tell the Lord thank you? You were about to lose everything you had. And you cried out and said, Lord, if you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he did. But did you, did you take time to tell the Lord, thank you. We must be like this Samaritan. We got to learn to be grateful. Now, Jesus isolate this one who is turning around and say thank you. And I believe there's a purpose. Here at the end of verse 15, he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. There's a lot of power in that. I firmly believe, this is my opinion, you can't, you can't um, disprove it. I can't prove it all the way, but I can, I can stand on it. I believe those other nine were Jews. That's why Jesus isolates him and says, and this one was a Samaritan. Tell me before we close, this is what Jesus was saying. Those are the ones that was in Sunday school every Sunday. Those are the ones that went on the mission trip. Those are the ones that did all that. But here's this stranger who shouldn't know better, but he knew more than they did. He took time to give God thanks. Question, brothers and sisters, are we grumbling and complaining and whining more than we telling the Lord thank you I promise you I promise you this no matter where you are in your life and I'm not minimizing where some people are in this place in your life it can always be worse there's a story as I close about a man he was feeding his dog it's just a story and some of the food fell on the side of the dog pan. And as the owner went to get the food, the dog said, Arr. Owner stepped back. And looked at the dog. He said, you ungrateful dog. I feed you. When you're hungry, and you're going to growl at me? I put water in your pan when you're thirsty, and you're going to growl at me? I walk you, get you out of this house, and you're going to growl at me? When fleas biting you, I spend my money taking you to the vet, and you growling at me? I'm not calling us dogs. I'm saying some of us are just like that dog. Jesus heard your cry concerning your child, and you know what you're doing? You're growling at Jesus. Jesus showed up and healed you, and you know what you're doing? You're growling at Jesus. Jesus did that thing that no one else could do, and you know what? You're growling at Jesus. Be careful. 
Instead of growling at Jesus, you better be grateful to Jesus because he just might take you outside and you might not growl no more. Amen? Amen? My question today, First Baptist, you may be a good Samaritan. You may do a lot of good deeds. God knows you do a lot of good deeds. But are you a grateful Samaritan? Have you learned to tell the Lord, thank you? Am I a good, great, uh, good, am I a grateful Samaritan? Have I learned to tell the Lord, thank you? Remember, if he doesn't do anything else, be grateful that he's granted us eternal life. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Lord, what you're doing is a testimony of your power and a testimony of your mercy. Father, all of us have been infected with the epidemic of complaining. But Lord, gratefulness is the vaccination of, of to that, Lord. Lord, if we are thanking people, we should be thankful people. If we think about how good and how awesome you are to us, it should lead us to be grateful. Lord, I pray over this place right now where we've complained and murmured, I pray that we will repent right now. They were hurting together, all ten. They hollered together, all ten. They hoped together, all ten. They were healed together, all ten, but only one took time to honor you when all should have honored you because of your grace and your mercy. These are all blessings we ask in Jesus' name.